Amen. Well, what a joy it is to welcome you. <clears throat> I know it's uh, 10.15 already. <laughs> I'm aware of that. Um, Reese, we love you, man. Yo, yeah, thanks for letting us sing and pray and declare and believe. We love you. We're thankful for you. Anyone, uh, just by way of testimony, not to hype anything up, did anyone feel God touch them in any way? Praise God, as we were. He just might do that. He just might respond to our prayers, you know. It's always good to check in, you know. Um, it's a joy to open the word to you today. And My name's Chad, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, I love our church. I love what God's doing. I love that church. We, uh, we had the privilege, myself, Joel, Veronica, and Israel. Did I miss anybody? And then a couple of our families, uh, one of my best friends, pastors, he's actually, let's pray for him. Daniel Rage is being installed today as lead pastor officially of Five Cities Vineyard. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless our brother and his wife, Addie. Just so thankful for Pastor Jose's leadership for 25 years in that place that a man of God finished well. He didn't blow out or burn up, but he's passing the church to the next generation. Lord, I, as we prayed over them on Wednesday night, that they would be a prototype of a multi-generational. Where in the house, there's both Samuels and Simeons. Young ones who are hearing God's voice for the first time and Simeons who are holding the promise of a lifetime of contending in their hands. We bless our brothers and sisters up on that beautiful hill in the Five Cities Vineyard. Lord, bless Daniel as he's being ordained and installed and recognized as their lead shepherd. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon him, that he would feel the pleasure of his father, that he would do all of his shepherding by first being shepherded by you that he would feel your love and leadership throughout his whole pastoral tenure there. I pray, Lord, just as you install a pastor up there, so the hearts of the people would move towards their new shepherd. I pray for a, a holy and healthy and vibrant transfer of authority, that the, just as the transfer of power from Moses to Joshua, the people's hearts were with Joshua. I pray that the people's hearts would be with Daniel that there would be such a healthy transition in this body. And we bless our brother and his precious wife, this powerhouse couple of prophetic spirit. Lord, thank you for the unique expression on that hill, on Los Barros, Lord, of this beautiful body. And we bless them today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Man, we loved him. We, uh, we got to go bring a team up there Wednesday night, and, and we just got to minister God's heart. It was so fun. We'll be doing it again. Uh, Daniel and I have been talking about doing stuff together for a long time, and it's never been able to work out, and we got to go sneak up there. And I've never had a church property building envy like I have in my life. This is beautiful, iconic. Now I know what I'm praying for. I have a vision. And uh, just they received us, man. There was such a spirit there. It was so wonderful. And and I love that, that Dean and Megan, Veronica and Aaron, just our, our community group, we usually meet on Wednesdays, but we just said, hey, we'll do group up here. And um, thank you, friends. It's so fun bringing some radiant leaven with us. 
And also, just an unbelievable shout out to uh, Jade Molina for leading in the River City Conference all weekend, last weekend. She was the best. She was better than everybody. And uh, I was like, super gifted, super anointed. We're super proud of you, Jade. It's so, it was so awesome sitting up in the uh, forbidden seats where I like to go when I go to conferences. I'm so used to being up front. I like to go hide away. And it was such a joy to see you lead 15 churches in our region to the heart of God. We're so proud of you. You did so good. Anyway, we love you. I just feel God's heart. I just love his heart. And we're talking about the Father's heart today, so that's probably why I've been thinking about it all week, that we have a good Father. And um, pray for me this week and my wife. I get, um, I get to go to New York City tomorrow at noon uh, with my best friend John Sparrow. He's flying with me, uh, recording uh, eight or so songs with our friends from Church of the City, New York. It's going to be awesome. It'll be all over Apple, Spotify. We're gonna, they're going to do it right. They just wanted us to come and, and a bunch of songs we've written with some of our friends. So please keep us in your prayers as we're traveling and, and obviously pray for my wife as she does the heavy lifting around home. And uh, that'll be really fun. I'm excited to share that with you as our church family. So ah, thank you, Lord. Oh, we want to do this part because uh, this matters. Uh, if you want to give tithes and offerings, I, we love that. We need it. As a spiritual family, we need resources to pay rent, and you help pay our, so Haley and I can live, and Pastor Raphael and Lorraine. There's just a few of us that get um, some stipend, and we love, we are so grateful for your support to be your pastors and administrators. And, and so we just want to bless you. If you want to join us as a spiritual family, by becoming a regular giver and your time, treasure, and talent, we, we think it's good for you. It's part of God's design to have a healthy spiritual family. And uh, so, Lord, bless every offer, offering, bless every gift and giver. Lord, thank you that every diamond dollar that Radiant has is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. Thank you for wisdom to steward the people, the the resources, the stuff you give us, Lord, we want to multiply it. We want to take our five loaves and two fish and see thousands fed on the central coast and around the world. Thank you for kingdom math. Five plus two does not equal seven when it's in your hands. <laughs> it equals five plus thousand fed with 12 baskets left over. So, Lord, would we as a church and every family represented here, may they see the five plus two equals 5,000 plus. May they see it in their business, in their families, in their friendships. I pray that the blessing of God would be upon our people. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father is the basis for all prayer. That's my thesis. I tested myself yesterday on my prayer walk. I walked a couple miles. and I was like, I'm going to test my sermon. And I went through the doorway of relationship, and I tried to stay there as long as I could before I asked him for anything. How long could I last just thinking about the Father? It, it worked. It lasted almost a couple miles. And uh, um, well, let's, let's read the prayer, and then I'll start preaching. One, two, three, go. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So last week we got to talk about um, how does God become... So, yes, thank you, Lord. So last week we talked about how God becomes our Father, and the, the long and the short of it is by believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. You can become a child of God. Praise God. It is that simple and profound. Trust in His Son, and you become adopted into His family. You're born again. What I want to do is I, I hope you, I want to give you a picture that I want you to picture this prayer as entering God's house of prayer. And The best way to enter a house is through the front door. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Can I get an amen? It's like this Lord's prayer is this house of having an encounter with God. It's God's house. And God's house is called a house of prayer for all nations. And what I want us to do as we think of those first two words, our Father, entering through the revelation God is our Father, is the front door into a time in his house where you find in his house there's plenty of everything. And, uh, you know, many of us come into God's house through the window of needing vision or wisdom. Many of us come through the back door of drama, difficulty, and crisis. You're just like a crazy man, just help, help. Many of us come through the, through the house of prayer, through the chimney, needing provision and power. I don't know why I chose chimney. I thought of Santa, okay? Provision, gifts. And I want to be very clear. The Father is just happy to have you in the house. Did you hear me? He's just happy you're in. And I got that little thought from uh, the scholar N.T. Wright. He's just happy you're in the house. He'll take you. But there is a better way to enter the house through the doorway of relationship. This is, the, this is the way he wants to grow us up. So he'll take you through the window. In fact, how many, how many of you had to break through a window because you locked yourself out of the house? I definitely have. It's hard fitting in that little two-by-eight window when you're 6'3", 210 pounds. And, uh, but I got in, and I want you to know the Father just wants you to come to him. Whether it's a help, whether the, you feel like your life's burning down, He just wants you in the house. He wants you to be in his presence. He wants you in. But the best way is to know you get to enter through the front door that we're calling through the front door of relationship. And if you think about this prayer, which we're going to speak on the next couple weeks, the Our Father, everything flows from the first two words. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, give us bread. Father, give us forgiveness. Father, give us direction. Lead us not. Father, deliver us from the evil one. But all of the rest of the prayer is of the overflow of the revelation of God's fatherhood. Does that make sense? So the Our Father, I'm arguing, is the most important part. Because our Father has a kingdom. Our Father has a name. Our Father has a will. Our Father has bread. Our Father forgives sinners. Our Father helps us forgive those who hurt us. Our Father has all the direction and discretion and discernment we need. Our Father has deliverance. But I want us to get the revelation of the rest of the prayer is from the revelation of his fatherhood. The Father, I just wrote these few things, and I could give you verses for all of these, but the Father provides us with a sense of protection, provision and purpose, identity and intimacy, significance and security, blessing and belonging, destiny, discipline, and direction. This is what the Father provides. Our Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Okay, these are new batteries. So the most important lesson in prayer is this. Relationship with God is always initiated by God. It's never your idea to look to him as a father or a friend. It's his idea to call you as a son or a daughter. You have to get that. Because you and I are born to think And we're raised in a culture that values how smart and autonomous we are. And if we're not careful, we can carry that same mentality, that self-made, self-reliant spirit. I want you to know the most important lesson in prayer is this. You were drawn to the place of prayer. It wasn't your idea. You were drawn to the idea that there's a transcendent God called Father that can help you in your time of need. You were drawn. This is important because he's the initiator. Uh, In Genesis 3, this is like a life verse for me. When Adam and Eve sinned, it wasn't Adam and Eve who came back to God in their sin. It was God who was there like he always was in the garden, pursuing those that had fallen because of sin. And I want you to know, had the Lord not called out, where are you, 
there was no depth to which humans could have fallen in their sin. Since Genesis 3.9, the Father has been pursuing a world that has chosen rebellion instead of resting in the, the peace and provision of the Father. This is why humans have a father wound. It's just one of the deepest wounds of the human condition because we're used to hiding, running, resisting, rebelling. rebelling. It's as old as the garden, as the first Adam. This is why when the Scriptures call Jesus the last Adam, when we look at how Jesus relates to the Father, he never has to hide, never has to be ashamed. He's able to live fully alive because he's the only human who didn't have the propensity because of sin to hide from the Father's gaze. So when we pray, we're being drawn to relationship. There's someone on the other line who's wooing us, who's drawing us. We're not that smart. In his pride, Hebrews, uh, Psalm chapter 10 and Psalm 14 says, the wicked man has no room in his thoughts for God. So if you get a thought for God in your brain, it's because God the Father put it in your brain. You didn't choose me, Jesus said in John 15. I chose you. I enabled you by my grace to respond. Had he not said, where are you, we would have been forever lost. God the Father has been in hot pursuit of his creation since the garden. Okay, that's a good point. This is the foundation for true prayer and learning how to relate to God. He's the initiator, and he enables us to respond in love. Our Father. One could say that the whole, your whole prayer life could rise and fall, fizzle or falter. Rise, fall, fizzle or falter at this one point. If you don't think that God delights in you, likes you, loves you, wants you, rejoices over you, cares for you, and when he looks at you with joy, you'll never approach him as a father. It's just true. If you think and you're living out of a character of who the father is because either you had a tough dad or didn't have a dad, these are just common lies, unavailable, busy, angry, distant, distracted, mad, and mean-spirited, ashamed or annoyed, impossible to please, inconsistent, shaky, and all over the map. You won't come to him with confidence as a son or daughter. And i very, very aware many of you had dads like that, and so we want to pray for healing today so that you can look at Jesus who perfectly reveals your heavenly father. But that does not describe our Heavenly Father. This does. And I would argue, until I am able to relate to him as a father, I probably, this one idea of our father will drastically transform how you relate to God and how you walk with him in love. Praise God, Jesus reveals the Father to us. Jesus wants us to know what the Father's like. Uh, he w- not, no, not just know the Father. He wants us to know the Father like he knows the Father. I was overwhelmed with that. Oh, my goodness sakes. I was reading, I was the other day, I was just like I told you last week in the sermon. I just went through, there was 100 times the word Father is used in John's gospel, like I shared last week. And I'm like, God, I'm just crying out on my back porch studying. I'm like, Lord, I want to know you. Father, I want to know you like your son knows you. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you. It's the only, like I said last week, I'll get there in a second. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Read 26 with me. 
I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So this is like right before the cross. This is what's on Jesus's mind. Dad, you know that love you've had for me forever? I want that same love inside of every disciple's heart. How you have loved me, Father, perfectly for like a really, really long time. We call it eternity. I want that same love. I want them to not just have a theory about it. I want how much they're loved to be their operating system in the world, just like it was my operating system in the world. Now, if you're a little bit sheepish and maybe your spirit is blushing because you're like, no way, no way God would love me like he loves Jesus. Okay, well, take it up with Jesus's prayer for you. The thing is, the enemy wants us to live perpetually trading out one variety of fig leaf for the other. Because we think if God the Father really saw us and knew us, he wouldn't like us or want us. Whereas God can't stand fig leaves because he sees through them anyway. He knows the only one that's being fooled is not him, but you. And in his love, he wants to expose you before his loving gaze so that he can heal you in the depths of your spirit and your soul. God exposes not to kill you, but to heal you. The enemy accuses you so that you'll live far below your rightful inheritance as a fully adopted son or daughter of the Father. Okay, so Dallas Willard, I said this last week, the biblical no, this eternal life, it, does, it refers to intimate, personal, interactive relationship. I couldn't have said it better than myself. Intimate, personal, interactive. Who wants to know God like that? Oh, come on, every hand raise. Good grief. Wake up. Who? I have an intimate, personal, interactive relationship. This, Jesus says that is eternal life, by the way. An interactive Intimate, personal relationship with God. I love this. This is, this is a whole sermon. I tried to pull it from a, a, a future sermon into today's sermon, so I don't know if this will land, but it got me. So in the beginning was the Word, John 1, and the Word was, say it with me, with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Skipping on to verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, is in, read it with me, closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Look at this from this one blip. Remember, my thesis is if you get the Our Father, it'll change everything about your life, starting with your prayer life and how you relate to God. Because the whole prayer flows from the revelation of God being our Father. His kingdom is will. I already said that. But in this one passage, we see Jesus experiencing what he wants all of us to experience flowing from the Father. Look, I made it in a slide so you could see it. He was with God, intimacy. Everybody wants intimacy. Everyone wants intimacy. with. He was God. Everyone wants to know who they are. That's identity. From the beginning, everybody wants that sense of security and significance, and he has made him known, which was the son's destiny and purpose. So in this one little passage, John is saying, 
Jesus fully experienced what all of you want to experience. And he didn't experience it so that we could just look at Jesus and go, oh, that's cool. Look, someone learning how to relate to God as the Father. No, he experienced it so that he could say, okay, as I am, so you can become through my grace and by my spirit. You can learn to relate to him like a father like I did. With, was, beginning, made known. Jesus experienced those for us so that you and I, through him, could experience them for ourselves. The one who looks at me, because so many of us, if we didn't have good dads or decent dads or even yet a great dad, he was still broken. He is still broken, I should say, if he's still living. But Jesus could say, the one who looks at me, read it with me, is seeing the one who sent me. So if you want to know Chad, this week I want to go on a journey. Because Father's tough for me. It's a trigger word. It's, it's painful. Well, I want you to read John's gospel this week, which I think is where we are in our Bible reading anyway. And I want you to, every time you see something of Jesus, you're just seeing a reflection of what his dad is like. Does that make sense? So we don't have to guess what the Father is like because Jesus perfectly reveals him to us. As Jesus is, so he's just imaging. He's just doing the will of his dad. He's doing the works of his father. So what can we say about the father when we look at the son? Don't try to take all these notes. The notes are all on the QR code. I gave you the PDF. I did that this morning for you. Just by looking at Jesus, it is theologically true to say if they're true of Jesus, they are a reflection of the father. This is just a few things I like about Jesus. Listen, okay, in John 12, 20, uh, 30 through 31, whole worldwide books could be written about all that Jesus did. So this is not an exhaustive list, so get off my back. But I chose some of my favorites. What is the Father like? Our Father, the Father of Jesus. Okay, he's humble and gentle at heart. He's forgiving, compassionate, joyful. You can look at these later. He's a healer. He's powerful. He's a provider. He's a great teacher. Okay. He's truthful. He's accessible. He's present and active. He's affectionate and affirming. He's generous and gracious. He's zealous, and he's always consistent in his discipline. Those are just a few. I have verses you can look them all up that I drew my opinions from. <laughs> what is the Father like? All of these things and more. Because this is what the son is like. Even when he judges and disciplines, it's actually a concentrated form of his love because he wants to remove everything that hinders our capacity to receive internal life, reciprocate, and release his love to others. So even when you experience his discipline, I would argue that's just a concentration of his love for you. I, sometimes it hurts. I, 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 a lot of times it hurts. I was overwhelmed this week. I had a mental picture because that famous verse in John 15, uh, which, of course, I'm, I want to get it. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. And I was thinking the father has this huge garden. We call it the kingdom. In the middle of the garden, just like the first garden, there's this tree in the Genesis 1 and 2, but in, now with us, there's a vine. And in this big old garden, there's this vine that the Father calls us to draw all of our life from in his big old garden called the kingdom. 
And I don't know why, it was just a, it was a playful thing as we beginning to think about how the father has a really big garden. There's a lot of room for his kids to be fruitful through his son, Jesus, the living vine that we draw all of our life from. Why did I bring it up? Because when we're in that vine, and our father's the gardener, sometimes he prunes us. And I want to say this, pruning isn't punishment. Pruning can be painful, but you're not being punished. The father actually wants you to be more fruitful. That's why he prunes you. And I'm not a botanist or a person who does things with plants that doesn't even know what it's called. (laughs) But pruning is necessary. Come on, somebody, just say amen so I can move on. I'm in like thin ice water here. I don't know what I'm talking about. So you are in a garden that the father owns, and he's a father over. And in that garden, there's a big old beautiful living vine named Jesus. And all of us are drawing our life from him. And when there's things that we don't see reflected in him, reflected in us, he prunes us. The father does because he's a great gardener. And he loves us so much that his eternal obsession is that every one of his adopted sons and daughters would grow up to be just like his son, Jesus. I love him so much. I love Jesus. I love the Father. The key to unlock the power of prayer is realizing you're the beloved. Just like the Father loves his son, Jesus, is the same way he loves all of us. When you get that, it'll change everything. It might not change overnight, but if you begin to believe it, I'm starting to believe it. I'm almost 40. I'm just barely starting to believe it. But I am the beloved of the Father. It changes everything. Jesus' ministry started with these words, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I've already preached this like eight times. I'm skipping it. Jesus said, I'm the Father's son. I'm the Father's beloved, and I am the recipient of the Father's pleasure. My question to us today is, do you know the acceptance of the Father? Do you know what it is to be adopted? Do you know what it is to be fully known and fully loved at the same time? And do you believe that the Father's Son is full of grace that's greater than all of your sin? Jesus dripped with the reality of the Father's love. It was his operating system. Those words that he heard in the river were the words he never left. He built a home in those words. My Father loves me, and I love my Father. And that's what freed him and empowered him to do everything he did because he knew he was blessed, he was loved, and he brought pleasure to his dad. And if you're in Christ, you're already loved, you're already accepted, significant, cared for, secure. And you've been chosen just like Jesus for a kingdom purpose. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Praise God. So what if we entered through the doorway of the Our Father at the Lord's Prayer? Spending the first few seconds at least. It's good to do it for minutes, but try seconds. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for me. Just list it. This is the practical part of the sermon. 
Father, show me what you're doing so I can partner with it. You're my father. Your father's always working. He's doing stuff. I want to know what you're doing and join you. Father, I rest in the fact that you are good all the way down and all the way through. Father, I receive your pleasure and your peace. Father, you're the smartest dad ever. I receive and I call out for your wisdom. And Father, I wait on your perfect timing and leadership. This is what it means to enter through the door of God's house, going through the Our Father, the relationship. You'll never stay long in the place of prayer without the revelation that you are a son or a daughter. You just won't. You won't pray if you don't think he likes you and loves you and wants you around. This is why in Revelation chapter 12, the accuser just relentlessly accuses us. He brings up our past, the past that Jesus doesn't even remember because it's under his blood. That's all he does is he accuses and he wants us. You know why he accuses? Because the one thing the devil can't have is a relationship with God. He can have everything else, kingdoms, influence, power, possession. He can't have sonship. So it's the one thing he wants to attack more than ever because the only thing he can't have anymore. He can even quote the Bible. Let's read this. Read the wilderness temptations. He can know things about God, but he can't ever know him as an intimate father anymore. That's why he wants to attack us here. He wants to diminish and dilute your confidence. But contrary to what the devil thinks, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves, and he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with loud singing. Oh, that's good. God. Father, what do you think? I'm just singing over you. Be quiet. Listen to my song. I'm serious. It'll change your life. It will change your life. This isn't hype. Why do you think Jesus was such a prayer, so obsessed? Because he was in a sinful world, and he knew he had a sin mission to carry sin. I think he went to the Father for reprieves and for enjoyment. Father, these knuckleheads don't get it. We made, I'm like the eternal, preexistent, uncreated son of God. They're knuckleheads. They, won't, they don't get it. Father, let me hear the song again. I love you, son. I'm for you. Where's the tissue, for gosh sake? You know, and some of you guys need to turn off your social media and turn off the news and go hear the song of the Father over your life. Um, Father, what are you singing? What are you saying? What are you thinking? If you don't get this, you won't stay long in the place of prayer. It's too hard. Life's too hard. And the one thing that enemy wants is to discourage us from learning how to relate to our Father as sons and daughters. Okay, why do you think he prayed so much? I've said all this. This is all the times Jesus prays. It's sort of all the time. Okay, there's the other slide. But here's why I think he did it so much. Because he was with his Father. I think that's, I think Jesus had an eternity of being so close to his dad that when he was on the earth, 
experiencing distance was inconceivable for him because it's all he'd known as the preexistent son. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together forever. And for 33 and a half years, they were never separate, but he, he became a man. And I think the reason he lived a whole life of prayer is because he missed, he loved his dad. And friends, I want you, I pray for you, that you would know you have a father that loves you just like he loves Jesus. We have to remember that before we're talking about Jesus' prayer life, for 30 years he cultivated this relationship, doing ordinary things like working, sleeping, hanging out with family and friends, doing chores and stuff. And the three and a half years of what we read in the Gospels was just the iceberg of the mountain of relational equity that Jesus had spent building with his Father in secret. So we're just seeing the little glimpse of what Jesus cultivated, first of all, for eternity, but as a man for 30 years. And isn't it interesting that the trigger, the gun to start Jesus's earthly ministry was, you're my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. <laughs> Boom, go, 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 call disciples, go teach, heal the sick, do the, do the kingdom stuff now, son. But just so you remember, it's like, like a parting word before he goes out the door. You got this. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm for you. You're mine. You bring me pleasure. Let's do this. Is the Holy Spirit talking to anyone this morning just about wanting the Father to massage your heart, the Holy Spirit? You can teach what you know, but you impart what you are, who you are. And Jesus wants to disciple us in prayer. That's why he gave us the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, say, our Father. I want to teach you how to relate to him like I did. Oh, that's, there's more. I'm done. The Father is a cheerful giver. There you go. The Father is the source of every gift. There you go. The Father spared nothing. There you go. The Father loves to bless his kids. There's the last four slides. I got through it. I'm never about, I'm not like, I'm not transferring information that you appreciate. I'm after you to have an encounter today for God's truth to take up resident on the inside that you can go find out this week what it means as you apply it. So who wants God to come and to just give you an upgrade in your prayer life to realize God is your father? Who wants that? Can you stand? I want to pray for you this morning. I love you so much, church. I'm so proud of you. Oh, I want to know him like a father. I want to stand too, Lord. Can you just put your hands out or up or over your heart or do nothing? I don't care. Father, this is your desire that sons and daughters, sons and daughters would know you like Jesus knows you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to him, the Father, but through me. And so, Father, I pray as a church, we would learn to relate to you as our Father. I pray, Lord, for any wound, any, get, any wound that's festering because of a false caricature or we're superimposing maybe what our dads were like or weren't like on you. Lord, I pray that we would remove the transparency like that old school projector and we would let you be you. 
And we would, we would learn to relate to you, Father, as your son Jesus related to you. Not only to the idea of what we think you are, but Lord, I pray that as a church, we would become disciples. That when we study Jesus, we're studying what his dad is like. And Father, I pray right now for a baptism of adoption. I pray for the Abba cry, Abba Father, that our church, our spiritual family, would be so alive in the love of the Father that we would be able to shake off all of our fig leaves. We'd be able to forsake all of our idols, all the things we're looking to for that intimacy, identity, significance, destiny and purpose, all of those things that we see Jesus found in you, we wanna find in you too. Come on, somebody. So Lord, I pray for a significant breakthrough on the inside of every heart. Our Father, our Father. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for how you've taught us through your word. Jesus said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. We're gonna come to you with the whole, by the Holy Spirit. So Father, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit right now and fill us up to overflowing and that we would be those sons and daughters that know you as our Father. May it become the primary operating system we live out of, your love for us. Lord, I thank you for doing it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you so much. If you need prayer, come on up. If not, our Father.